0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Wow. Anybody else want to take ministry over for me? Bobby's walking away fast. I'm about to go. Wow. Wow, Lord, we just thank you. Uh, If you need need an open door for a job, just put your hand on your heart right here. Just had a dream last night, and um, I had a dream last night about this, and I just believe that God is opening doors for people for new jobs. Things that you didn't even expect, things that, it's funny, you might not be qualified for in your brain. Um, and I, and I've heard testimonies. It's actually already doing it in some people, but I just, uh, I just believe he wants to do it for more. So if that's you, put your hand on your heart. Lord, I just thank you for doors being open doors that we can't open. Only you can open invitations, um, people coming and asking Lord things just easy, open parted seas, supernatural Miracle signs and wonders open doors for jobs in Jesus name. Amen. Uh I don't know if you guys know this is a brother named Arnold who comes to our church. He's not here today though, but he told me last week I could share it. I wanted to share his story. But a few weeks ago, I don't know if some of you might remember, but we said um it was I think it was three weeks ago now, we said, you know, there's people in the audience that have bad eyesight, but we don't usually pray for eyesight that much anymore as Americans because we just are so blessed with glasses and everything else in context and laser eye surgery and everything else God's given humans wisdom for. Uh, so we've rarely prayed for eyesight, and but we prayed for it anyways, you know, just randomly praying for whoever wanted it. And uh, so Arnold was in his seat and he said that his eyes started tingling during the service, and then he was having trouble seeing through his glasses. He's got really bad uh, bad eyesight. He has high, whatever it's called, prescription of glasses. So he says he's having trouble seeing. He's feeling tingling, feeling all weird after. So he goes to the doctor, and the doctor does all these tests, and they put things in his eyes. He said... Um, it was like extended, like extended tests. And then the doctor says, I don't I don't know how this happened, but both your eyes are way better. Like multiple, both his eyes, <laughs> multiple levels. And he goes, he goes, uh, there you go. You're going to have to get new glasses. <laughs> he got brand new glasses that are like, you know, less prescription or whatever because his eyes are better. Uh, but they weren't complete. It was really funny. And so I was standing over there and he comes up to me. He goes, uh, I just didn't say anything last couple weeks because I was like, it was just terrifying to him, like, the whole experience. He said that his wife was yelling at him that he needs to say something. And I was dying laughing, dude. Isn't that awesome? When I told him, I was like, man, one time I prayed for this kid named Norbert. He was a heroin addict at the skate park. And I said, I said Norbert, read the skateboard sign. And he took off his glasses and he squinted. He goes, I can't read it. And all the skateboard kids started laughing at us. And we said, it's okay. We say, you know, we we don't make miracles happen, but we know a God who does, and we just pray. That's our job is to pray. So we pray again for Norbert. He squints, can't see it. Kids start laughing. I said, it's okay. We can't make miracles happen. God does. Our job is just to believe and pray. We pray a third time. Norbert looks, starts reading it. Wear a helmet, you know, whatever, whatever. And the kids, you know, jaws drop. So we step back another like, you know, 10 feet or so. Said, Norbert, can you read it? I can't read it. Norbert. God, heal him. He opens his eyes. He starts reading it farther down the thing. He gets, what's going on? We've got to preach Jesus to him. Sometimes you just got to pray a couple times. Yeah. Some some of us, we pray once. We go, I guess God didn't want to do it. Yes, he does. <laughs> this ain't no McDonald's answer he's bringing you. He's got a nice steak. It's a nice dinner for the vegans. It's going to be a nice something. <laughs> <laughs> Tofurky turkey. <laughs> Ah. ah, that's so funny. Wow, sometimes we want things so fast, so fast. God's bringing it. You know, Jesus prayed twice for people before. This time there's a blind man, Jesus prayed for him. He said, what do you see? He says, I see men walking like trees. Prayed for him again. Then his eyes are fully open and he can see. Isn't that weird? The son of God praying twice? What? Sometimes you just got to stay in faith, keep believing. You got to keep believing. Today I want to preach on uh, your faith has made you well. This this message will offend religious spirits. I want you to say this to me My faith faith has made made me me well. well. Wow. Some of you are like, What is this? It's the Bible. I'm quoting Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God, God Emmanuel with us, the Incarnate One. Yo, let's go to let's go to Mark chapter five. Whoa! By the way, you know, before we do this, I was actually thinking of some other testimonies. I'm going to show these testimonies real quick. Uh, everybody, most of you know Pastor Chris. He was he used to be here. Now he Planted a church over in Omaha. Yeah? Omaha? No? Anybody? No, Chris? Okay. He's one of my friends. He's awesome. Uh, Back maybe like, I don't know how long ago this was, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we were in San Diego, and Chris and I uh, were at a meeting, and after the meeting, we decided to go to the boardwalk, and at the boardwalk, we decided to worship, you know? with a guitar and just our wonderful voices. I don't know if you guys have ever heard me sing. It's like an angel. Uh. <laughs> one time, one time I was at a, I was in this, I was in this college group and they said, Michael, lead worship. I go, I don't lead worship. And then the guy goes, stop, you know, you're pretending to be humble. And I go, I literally have never led worship. I don't lead worship, you know, stop it, you know, and then, I, and then, uh, so I go, fine, you know, it was that night. I don't know any worship songs. My 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 worship experience was sitting on the side of my dorm bed with Jesus sitting next to me with his arm around me, and I just rocked. That was literally it. So I go, I don't sing those songs, you know, but I'll learn them. So I go into my dorm room, and I learn, like, four songs right there, the first time ever. <laughs> and I go to this—I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I'm going to say it anyways. I go to this—I go to this, uh, this college group— <laughs> i'm just like jesus i really don't want to do this and i just feel the lord's like just worship me i'm like i know but i just really don't want to do this and he's like just worship me my god don't worry about them i go okay <laughs> so i stand up there and i strum my guitar and i start going to town and uh my eyes are closed and you guys ever worship with your eyes closed Sometimes you should just do it. Just close your eyes. And uh, my eyes are closed. I'm worshiping. I'm just seeing the kingdom. I'm seeing the glory. I'm seeing Jesus. Angel. and uh, You know? Normal worship. And then I open my eyes, and I see, like, you know, college students, you know, like this. And I wonder, wow, I wonder how it's going for them. Because <laughs> I'm in the heavenlies, you know? And... And then the next day, the next day, it gets better. The next day, I'm walking on the college campus, and one of the girl leaders comes up to me, and she says, "She's says, Micah, did you hear what, I'm going to leave his name out, just in case it's ever recorded. God bless you. Did you hear what said about you, about last night, about you leading worship? I go, no. What did he say? She goes, He said this to the whole all the leaders in the group. He goes, that was the worst worship experience he's ever had in his life. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh so funny. Whoa. They were not ready. They were not ready. Oh, I was rocking too much for him or something. Oh, so funny, dude. So funny. It's one of my favorite stories. I've made it a favorite story. It wasn't in the beginning. Sometimes something happens, you're like, ow, you know? But then you realize how God sees you. It's just funny. Okay. Oh, I didn't even say my story. See, this is what happens. I went off topic because I wanted to share a testimony. And once you do that, you're just, you're hunting for rabbits. You're out there. Anyways, Chris, we're going to go back to Chris. So I go to, that's so funny. So I go to the beach with Chris and we're going to (laughs) worship on the beach. And so we're standing on the boardwalk and uh, we got a guitar. We're just worshiping Jesus. Real simple. And a guy comes up, um, a Marine comes up to us. He's not dressed as a Marine, but he was a Marine. He comes up, and we get a word of knowledge for him. He said, you know, you know uh, something about him being Catholic or something specific. And he says, yeah, how would you know that? You know. So we start ministering to him. And he looks down the boardwalk. Some of you may have heard this story, but I'm going to say it anyways. He looks down the boardwalk, and there's a group of transvestites for the 1% in here. It's men dress as women. Look down. See them. And he says out loud, comes out of his mouth, Ew, that's so disgusting. That's what he says. And I looked at him and I said, I said, bro, I just full on. It's funny. I just met him. I'm preaching Jesus to him. I just full on rebuked him. I go, God loves them just as much as he loves you. And he loves me. And he looks at me. He gets so mad, so mad. And he just walk. he just leaves. And I thought, well, there goes ministry to that guy. You know, and, uh, Chris is uh looking at me and we're like oh let's go back to worshiping. So we started singing songs again. I had a name tag on that day because we were at a at a home group thing. And a couple of the transvestites decided to come down and talk to us cuz they heard our music. So one of them comes up and he looks at us and um, he looks at me. He says he says, "Hi." I said, "Hi." And uh, he goes, "What's your name?" And I have a name tag. I said, micah and he goes that's hot i go i go thanks and he goes oh wait everybody wave to channel four we're this is like joel olstein's church every time i preach they goes by we're prophesying no, i was kidding so that's hilarious he says sees my name he says what's your name And so micah he says that's hot i said thanks he looks at me in the eyes. He goes, you're hot. I go, whoa. I go, thanks? I go, God made me this way. And and uh, Chris Chris is over there like, you know, where are we going with this? And and uh, I look at him, and he says, you know, what are you guys doing? I said, we're, we're singing songs to Jesus. We're worshiping. He goes, can you play me a song? And we said, yes. And we said, we're actually going to play a song to God, but you can listen. And he goes, okay. So... Chris and I start worshiping. He had two friends. The other one went off with our buddy Casey. They, they walked down a little bit, having their own private conversation. So so Chris and I just start worshiping Jesus with uh, my glorious angelic voice. And, um, and you guys ever, like, worship and you just, like, feel the presence drop? Like, you know he's everywhere, right? Like, he holds us all together. Like, every molecule in your body is being held together by the word of God. Wow. <laughs> like the whole planet, everything, the galaxy, the universe, everything's being held together because of him. How wild is that? Anyways, but there's a manifestation of his presence. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The manifestation. I, I stand there, and also it was like, it just drops as we're worshiping. And I look at him and I'm like, you know, you ever look at somebody and you just know stuff about them? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Sometimes it happens. Words of knowledge. So I look at him and I just go, man, you grew up in an orphanage, and these kids did this, this, and this, and this happened, and this happened, and we were just telling him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris goes, wait a second, and challenges him. He says, all those things true? He says, yeah. And then he's standing there for a little bit, and he's looking at us, and his voice changes. He's talking like a girl. All of a sudden, his voice changes. A man's voice comes. He says, to be honest, guys, my name's Ronald, and I don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. <laughs> One of the words we were giving him was, you feel like your life's going down a spiral, and you just can't get, escape it. He says, be honest, guys, my name's Ronald. I just want to get out of this lifestyle. So he prayed for him right there. He wants to get out of that lifestyle. Receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. Gave him a Bible, directions to church. Have great fellowship with him. Ronald ends up leaving. His buddy leaves too. Our friend Casey comes over and goes, what happened? And we said, the guy gave his life to Jesus. Casey goes, the guy I was talking to gave his life to Jesus. Same thing happened over there. I don't know the personal story of it, but isn't that fun? It gets better. The Marine guy was standing across the way watching all of this. He comes over to us after. And he says, what happened? And I go, I go, bro. They just received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They said they don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. And they received prayer to be delivered. They received Bibles, directions to church. The Marine guy looks at me and he says, what church do you go to? I told him what church I went to. Every day, every Sunday for like the next, I don't even know, five months or so, I picked that guy up and took him to church for like five Sundays. He went to church. <laughs> he couldn't. He's like, what, I got to go to church now. <laughs> another one, another one we were at church and and this guy comes in, gets invited i don 't know why these stories are coming up, but i 'm just going to say them anyways because I feel it comes into church. our friend had brought him to church he was in a um, he was in a homosexual relationship with a guy, and they 're living together he 's a college student, but he 's living in in a apartment with his boyfriend comes to church you know, we just love people. And, uh, I think David, where's David at? David's here somewhere. I think he's maybe he's walking his baby. He's back there. Everybody waved to David. Isn't he awesome? They just had a baby. Um, David's preaching. If you guys haven't heard David preach, you got to hear him preach. It's fire. David's preaching. And after preaching, this guy says to our friend who brought him, he says, I need to get out of this lifestyle. That day, he breaks up with his boyfriend, moves out of his apartment, repents of that lifestyle. Now he's like a Christian. Last I heard, he had like a girlfriend or wife or something. And uh, isn't that wild? In a moment. In a moment. In a moment. Say, say your, faith your faith has made, has made you well. You well. <laughs> Some of us are, are living in things in our life Um, And you think you might never get out of a certain addiction or things like that. I want to tell you that that chain was broken 2,000 years ago. The devil doesn't get to dominate you, to order you around, to tell you what to do. He doesn't get to confuse you anymore. (laughs) Because Jesus won on the cross. Yay. Yay. The Bible says you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Behold, all things are made what? New. New. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. What are you going to renew your mind to? What Jesus paid for you for. What did he purchase for you? He died for you to be a temple of the living God. To be completely new to be completely whole, to be healed, to be delivered. We're going to get into it. This might offend some religious people, but I just, I know most of you, no one in here that I know is religious, but dude, this could really bug people. Like really, like when you start talking about faith and healing and faith and things like that, people get really upset. Like they get irked. I've seen it. And I just Smile. One time I prayed for a guy. He hurt his shoulder. He, like, he tore his shoulder cuff or something. It was my, my brother's friend. It was so funny. And I, I prayed for him. And he goes, yeah, it still hurts. So I prayed for him again. He goes, it still hurts. I for him a third time. He says, it still hurts. <laughs> I was so mad. I go, what is this? I believe you should be healed. What is going on? And I was so frustrated. And I vented to God later that day. I said, God, I'm so upset. Anybody ever vent to God? God, I'm so upset. I have a dream that night that the guy is completely healed. And he's actually in the dream he was lying to me but I, and, and telling me that he wasn't, but he was. But in the dream he gets completely healed and he's going around and he's fully healed. I wake up, I go, what's up with that? So I have my brother hits me up later that day, the second day. And he goes, hey. My buddy called me. He's completely healed. He's going snowboarding. (laughs) Why wasn't he healed the day before, Jesus? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Pray. Let it all go. Believe. And just keep believing. Isn't that fun? Our friend Andrew broke his hand at a skate park. I told him to wear a helmet and stuff. He didn't. And he, he fell down. Thank God he didn't hit his head. He falls down breaks his hand. The bone was broken in two, like separated, not kind of cracked, completely separated bone. And uh, he goes to the doctor. We actually prayed for him before he was hurting. His hand was hurting and we prayed for him in and out and he started to lift up a thing. He's like, well, it feels better, but it still hurts. And I was so upset. <laughs> I said, why isn't this better? He goes to the doctor. The doctor says, well, your hand's completely broken. The, there's bone is separated as an x-ray, no bone in between. He says, we're going to have to do surgery on this thing. And Andrew goes, I don't want to do surgery. He says, well, if you don't do surgery, it's going to take like six months to heal. If it heals and we'll have to check it in a few months. And if it hasn't started to heal, we have to still do surgery. And Andrew goes, all right, let's do that. Gets a hard cast put on, not the kind that you could take off, but a fixed one. And uh, uh, five days later or so, five, six days, he comes over to our house. We all pray for him. And we get real spiritual. Anybody ever get real spiritual? We got real spiritual. Yeah, you know, like with things, they feel like you're drunk. You're like kind of like, I am feel loopy. Like it got like that. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I look at him and I said something I don't normally say. Because I heard the voice of God and he says, tell Andrew he's healed and to take his cast off. Thank God I was loopy. So I look at him and I say, Andrew, God says you're healed and to take your cast off. <laughs> he looks at me like I'm nuts. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that, you know. And then I, you guys ever just word vomit? You just say something, you go, oh, I didn't realize I said that, but it just came out. I said, Your faith. You'll be healed according to your faith, is what I said. Supposedly, it made him really upset. He got real mad. I didn't know he was mad at me at the time. He holds it really good, Uh, but he got really upset. He's one of my best friends. He got really upset with me. He goes home that night and he prays. He says, "God, if I'm really healed, tell me in a dream." So he has the dream that night. God speaks to him in the dream and says, "Andrew, you're healed." And in the dream, he takes his cast off, gets industrial scissors and cuts his cast off. He wakes up in the morning, believes 100%, goes and gets scissors and cuts his cast off. His parents, God bless them. The Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't like healing. To them, it's like the work of the devil. They see him doing this. They go, Andrew, what are you doing? He says, well, my friends prayed for me. I had a dream and God believe I'm healed. Anybody else think that's loopy? This is wild. They go, you're nuts. You know, whatever. Cuts it off. Goes to the doctor. It's been seven days. Seven days. The doctor comes in. Andrew, what are you doing? He says, well, my friends prayed for me. And I believe I'm healed. The doctor's like, all right, buddy. They take him in, gets x-rays. Andrew said he was sitting in the waiting room. The doctor comes in and his words were, well, You got x-rays to prove it. (laughs) Puts it up. Where there was no bone, bone grew back. (laughs) Everyone say, your faith has made you well. Oh, I might upset some people. That's okay. (laughs) Oh, but we preach anything Jesus says, right? Okay, here we go. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Wow. Wow. Mark 5. This is uh, verse 25 we're going to start with. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself, that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you? And you say, who touched me? Why is the multitude thronging him? People were crowding around him because they wanted to be healed. interesting. He looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Why was she afraid? Because she's not supposed to touch anybody. Jewish law, she's unclean. She's going and touching the most holy thing ever to walk the planet, to bring us holiness. She's terrified. She comes out and confesses. What's her confession? I believe if I touched you, I'd be made well. So I grabbed your garment and I'm healed. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Isn't this fun? Your faith has made you well. Here's another story. How many years did she have this? 12 years. Was she a person of faith? I'd say yes. I'd say yes. I think she was also desperate, but she, she had gone through all these things. But say yes, she was a person of faith. You guys know the story of the man who's at the pool of Bethesda. How many years? 30 what? 38? 38 years? At a pool? Waiting? You guys know God would send an angel. Angel would stir the water. First person in gets healed. Discount healing. First person in. It's like Black Friday for shopping, you know. Line up. Get ready. Don't know when it's coming. Doors are going to open. First one in gets the TV. He gets in. First one in gets healed. 38 years. Was that guy in faith? Yes. Jesus walked to the pool of Bethesda. What does it say? It says he looked around all the people. And who did he see? He saw the man who had been there for a long time. And he asked him, do you want to be made well? The guy says, yeah. Every time the water gets stirred, I have no one to put me in. Jesus says, all right, be made well. Take up your mat. Go. Picks up his mat, goes. Completely healed right there. Isn't that wild? 38 years in a second. 38 years. 38 years. Standing in faith. Well, laying in faith. Laying in faith. 38 years. There. Yes? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Why am I saying all this? You guys know you're righteous according to faith, right? You're righteous according to faith. You guys know you're healed according to faith. Let's go. You guys know you're supposed to prophesy according to your faith? Wait, so what does all this mean? You're righteous according to faith. What has Jesus done for us? The guy went up on a cross. He who knew no sin became sin. He was cursed by hanging on a tree so that we would be blessed. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He became a human that we might partake of his divinity. Let's go. Yes. Yes. He conquered the devil so you could be free. He took on enslavement so you could be free out of your jail cell. He took on death so you could have eternal life. Let's go. Ha, <laughs> ha, The Bible says you became poor that you might become rich. There's multiple meanings on that. That'll bug people too. That's another message. (laughs) Wow. He let go of heaven's riches and took on humanity so you can gain all of heaven's riches. All of it. Be a part of the family. Let's go. So, how do you how do you participate in this righteousness, for example? Well, you gotta believe first. It's not, I'm not talking about name it and claim it. That's where people go off on the faith stuff. They think, they think when when the Bible says your faith has made you well, they think that means a baseless, random name it and claim it. That's not the gospel. That's not how miracles happen. Miracles happen because God makes them happen. Is that real simple? We're going to elementary school. I can't make a miracle happen. So what does faith do? Faith puts you in a place of submission. Faith puts you in a place of surrender. Faith puts you in a place of trust. Faith makes you a vessel. Let's go. Uh, If you think you're still a sinner, you ain't going to live out righteousness. Let's go. Old things have passed away. Let's go, bro. You're a new creation. If you still believe you're your other guy on the other side of the river the other side of the river of baptism, then you'll never experience the person you're meant to be on this side of the river of baptism. Yes! You'll still be wandering the wilderness of sin and you'll never come into the promised land because the giants are too big for you. Wow. Do you understand what I just said? Listen, this is the Bible. It's what the Bible says. They stood on one side of the river and they go, we can't go in there. The giants are too big for us. Little did they know that the ark, the presence of God, was leading the way to part the waters for them. To come into the promise. To come into the promise. You can't see your giants. you got to see your God. That's step one of coming into this side of the baptism. You can't see the giants. You've got to start seeing God. The world sees the giants. Christians see God. Let's go. That, that's what makes us a peculiar people. The world looks at us and goes, you're weird. I go, I know. I know. I know I'm weird. I'm okay with that. I've come to the conclusion that it's a good thing. I've seen too many weird things to not be weird. You speak to a Chinese man in Chinese and not speak Chinese and think you're not going to be weird after that. going to be weird. (laughs) I'm weird. Let's go. All my friends are weird. All my family's weird. We're all weird for Jesus. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We'll be weird. It seems weird because it's supernatural and it's it's not of the flesh. The word that was spoken this morning was Romans chapter 8. It says, you are no longer condemned. No longer condemned. Why? Who is it for? For those who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. The flesh, to walk according to the flesh means to look at the giants of the world. That's what to walk according to the flesh is. It's to walk according to the own, your own nature, your own power, your own efforts, your own striving, your own righteousness, your own. That's what walking according to the flesh is. It's walking according to your own power. And when you walk according to your own power, all you see is giants. But we're called to literally be accustomed to recognizing no one no longer according to the flesh, but according to the spirit what? what is going on in the Bible? A lot. Jesus really did something very powerfully. It's not a f- fairy tale. I remember one of my college professors, his name was David Christian. And he's like, well, I think it's a nice story. I said, but Jesus. He says, oh, you might be right. Jesus really does something powerfully. Really, truly. But if you want to start to live in what he's done and provided for you, you need to believe. Some of us are in a jail cell. The the Lord, the Bible says that he's opened the jail cell doors. This is is through the prophet Isaiah. He has opened the jail cell doors. That's what he did in the gospel. Some of us are sitting in a jail cell going, when's he going to take me out of here? Isaiah didn't say he's going to come and carry you out of the jail cell. He says he's going to proclaim something to you. The opening of jail cell doors to those who are bound. What's the message? Come out. Be baptized. Become a new creation. Believe in Christ Jesus. And you will be well what is going on? This is the gospel. The door's open. Sin doesn't get to dominate you anymore. For sure, people will be tempted. In this world, you have temptation, Jesus says. And he says, but woe to the one through whom it comes. It would be better if a millstone was tied around his neck and cast into the sea than to deceive one of these little ones. That sounds intense. By the way, a millstone is ginormous. I've seen one. they Ooh, they're massive. Wow. Temptation is going to come, but what do we do in this life? Well, there's a place of believing. So if you want to live in the righteousness of God, well, you've got to believe in the blood of Christ. You've got to understand that he's set you free from the devil. Because if you still think that you're bound to live in a, in a jail cell the rest of your life, well, guess what? You're going to sit in the jail cell. So start to believe. The Bible says, present your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And what does it say right after that? For holiness. If you can't see yourself as righteous, you still see yourself as a sinner, then you're not seeing yourself in the blood. And if you're not seeing yourself in the blood, you're not going to present yourself to God as an instrument of righteousness, and you're not going to get the fruit of holiness. You're going to keep presenting yourself as instruments of sin to death. That's what it says. But he says, that's not for us, because Jesus paid a price So we're going to believe something. Why does it say we're healed according to our faith? You guys know there's still an enemy to be defeated in the world? Do we all know this? The Bible says the last enemy to be defeated is death. Yes? We all know there's still death in the world? Jesus, there's called a resurrection. Everyone know there's going to be a resurrection? 1 Corinthians talks about a resurrection. In that day, Jesus will come back in in a moment. In a moment, the dead in Christ shall rise first. They'll be caught up in the air. Those of us that are still alive will see them and be caught up together with them. Is this fun? It's true. There'll be a great judgment. Be a great white throne. Blessed are those who don't partake of the second death. Listen, the first death ain't the problem. It's the second death. That's what you don't want. Yes? That's what we don't want but he's come to give us life and life abundantly. He says the last enemy to be defeated is death. And in that day, there'll be no more tears, no more sadness. He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. We'll say, where's your sting, O death? You're not going to feel the pain of the brokenness anymore. You'll see your loved one who'd already passed away standing there in glory right next to you. Everything's going to be great. Truly, you're going to be very happy. Yes? Okay. But the kingdom is here now in us. Spirit of God living in you. Some of us, it's funny, the difference with your body, your flesh versus your spirit, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're also a temple of the living God. Everyone say living. Living. God. God. Living. Living. That means you have life. Living. Everyone say living. That means life. You have life in you. I've come to give you what? Life. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives life to our what? Mortal flesh. Is there a battle going on there? Yes. Does that mean that we walk around when we are sick or we are hurting, and we go, well, I'm not really hurt. I'm, I'm healed. Are you? You look sick to me. <laughs> I know. Some so that might bug some people too, but I, you know what I mean? Are you? You know what true is? You've got the living God in you. God's giving life to my mortal flesh. What's more powerful, the death in your flesh or the life of God? <laughs> Moses died at 100. How old was he? 125? 120, 120. He says his eyes hadn't dimmed. The dude looked young. It's going to be all of us. He said his vigor hadn't left him. That was going to be all of us. His Spirit of God was on him. Spirit of God's on all of us. We got a life in us that's greater than any death. That's greater than any death. I'm a temple of the living God. Yeah, I see that greater than any giant. Even if I was to die with pain, well, even if death comes, that's death. That's still an enemy of God. Does that mean that death won and God lost When if you did die? It's an enemy of God. No. Why? Because there's a resurrection. Your prayers will still be answered. So stand in faith. Like literally, if you prayed for healing and you threw like, I never got healed, you will get healed. Put your faith in Jesus. Some people are like, Oh yeah, but I want to know. I don't know how God does. That. Sometimes He's like, You know, no, I'm not going to go heal Lazarus. What? It's going to be a greater testimony. I don't know. Then He resurrects the guy. Maybe he wants some of us to die and resurrects us. I have no idea. Let him do whatever. Maybe he didn't want to heal my friend. He wanted him to go get x-rays, so it's a cooler story. Because some people are like, you make this stuff up. Well, we got x-rays. I remember one time there was this lady who was deaf, 90% deaf in one ear, really deaf in the other one. I had, I've been watching Heidi Baker videos for, like, weeks, like probably five hours a day. I just love Heidi. And, um, and I just remember I was just, like, soak. I mean, she wouldn't even preach. She'd just be, you know, laughing or something on the floor. Or, Whoa! Like doing that kind of stuff. She's just on the floor in the video. But I just have it on in my room, and I just sit, and I just listen, and I just hang out with God for hours. I just remember doing this. And I remember she'd always share stories of all these deaf people being healed. And I remember like, man, I want to see that. I want to participate in this, Lord. I want to see you do wild stuff and show your power because you're so real. I know you're real. I want to see this happen. I haven't seen that, God. I'm just sitting in his presence. One time, that same room, this girl comes over, It was a group of us. We pray for her. She hadn't been able to hear. hear, And she plugs. One ear was partially deaf. The other one was 90% deaf. She plugs her better one. And we're standing as far as that lady is from me. And I start whispering, and she's able to hear what, What we're whispering, and she, her little ears opened up. She was able to hear. And I remember we videotaped this, videotaped it. You think if you videotape something, (laughs) then people will believe? We put it on YouTube. Thousands of views, thousands and thousands of views. We named it "Jesus Heals Deafness." This is like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Jesus heals deafness. I thought for sure people are going to finally get it. God's miraculous God. He's just doing something. Nope. People are commenting. These are such good actors. They're paying it. I'm like, you can't win with some people. Jesus said some of people, they have the law of Moses. And this guy dies. He says, please let me rise up and tell them. If they hear me, then they'll, they'll believe. He says, he says they, got the, they got the testimony of Moses. If they don't believe that, they won't believe of someone raised from the dead. There's some people, Jesus says in John chapter 4, that won't believe unless they see signs and wonders. This morning I was meditating on a dream I had four months ago when I first uh, preached here officially when we joined. But in my dream, I just remember as we were in the courtyard and we're praying and we're just signs, wonders, miracles, Signs, wonders, miracles. It's not for some religious act. It's for the manifestation, number one, of what Christ paid for. And two, it's a testimony of what's to come. It's a prophecy of the resurrection that's coming, the judgment that's coming, that Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. Turn from your sin, he's coming. Is this like fire and brimstone? Listen, it's real. It's so real. Ah, uh, one time we were at the skate park telling all these kids about Jesus, telling them they need to turn and believe. You know, they're kind of like, it's going to. And, uh, but all of a sudden miracles start breaking out. Their ears are perked. When their buddy has a bone grow in his foot, when the other buddy gets healed of whatever and whatever. When one guy starts reading signs he couldn't see before because his eyes were like three inches big because his glasses are so thick, they start to listen. You know what it'll do in you? It'll get you really excited too. God is so real. We don't play patty cake Christianity church, fake church, Sunday, just I'm so bored church. We got the living God and we are powerful people. Because the living God is in us greater than any death. I love what Chuck said the other week when he came. Well, he said a couple of things that I really liked. One thing he said was somebody came up to him and said, I have a life threatening disease. You know, be careful. And Chuck goes, Well, I have a disease threatening life. <laughs> Now we're getting really wild, aren't we? He quoted Jesus. I love this. He said, When the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. You see, it's all summed up in eternal life. That abundant life, it's all it's ultimately all summed up in eternal life, but that eternal life is in you right now. Why? Because God is in you. He's the living God. And he's in you. He wants to bring you alive. He doesn't want you to be dead in your trespasses and sins. He wants you to be alive in the righteousness of God. You know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Yes, yes. You're righteous according to your faith. Abraham was made righteous according to his faith. It's not a dead faith. It's not an empty faith. It's not a baseless faith. It's a faith rooted in a person. The woman who grabbed Jesus' garments, faith wasn't in some name it and claim it. Her faith was in a person that can truly deliver. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus and watch him answer your needs. Some of us are like, well, you know, I prayed. I prayed once and nothing happened. (sighs) Put your faith in Jesus. It doesn't say put your one prayer in Jesus. The Bible says actually pray unceasingly. doesn't mean talk unceasingly. <laughs> some, of, some of us needed to hear that word. It doesn't say talk unceasingly. It says pray unceasingly. Stay steadfast. Communion. What he paid for in faith. God, we're going to walk this thing out together. The testimony of the saints before us was that they walked with God. You're going to walk with him. Yes. You're going to walk with him. He's going to open up wild doors because he's got a plan. He's got a big list for you. The list has a bunch of names on it. Bunch of names on it for you. Do you want it? Do you want it? He's going to give it to you if you want it. We're not here just to be like, oh, it was a nice day. That was life. We're here to encounter God. We're here to walk with God. We're here to have abundant life. Listen, you could be here and get life. You can kind of just live. But if you want true life, you want abundant life, you got to get Jesus. We got to walk with him. We got to talk to him. We got to hang out with him. You got to think about him. You got to hang out with people that do think about him. Bad company corrupts good character careful who you hang out with there's a lot of people around you who want to get you to be conformed to the patterns of the world i love what pastor jesse was saying the last few weeks you, the world is constantly wanting to disciple you it's constantly wanting to conform how much time do i have i'm just going off <laughs> oh yeah kids Sorry, this is uh, freezing, people cold. All right, God bless you. Father, I just thank you. Lord, Lord, we just thank you. No one's dropped down dead yet, so I'm good. Even if they did, we'd pray for them and they'd resurrect. (laughs) That happened in the Bible. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for all the prayer team's going to come up and people are going to get ministered to. Prayer team, come on up. Lord, we thank you that... um, that there are words to be released to people individually. We thank you for miracles, signs and wonders are going to be released. I pray you just jazz people up for the kingdom. In Jesus'
1: name, amen. (laughs) Amen. I was just feeling the anointing. I was like, he's going for it. I love it. Um, Just one quick thing. Last week we shared a lot about our upcoming presence groups, which is really our our home group slash discipleship groups called presence groups. Say presence groups. All right, we're, we're going all in. We've got three groups starting up. We've been training leaders up for about six months now. And um, come back here. A lot of you guys already signed up. Some of you guys emailed us. It's just come up forward, put your name in there. We're going to figure out where you live, where the group is, and we're going to figure out how, how best to work this out. So if um, our goal is to have every one of Utes in a group. Because this is how we do life. This is how you grow. This is how you get discipled. Some of you guys want to be discipled. Some of you guys just want to stay the way you're at because it's comfortable. Um, You know who you are. I'm good with it. Um, But some of you guys want to grow and actually become like Christ. If that is true, you have to follow the Bible's model. All right? The way Jesus laid it out, they met house to house and in the temple daily. So we're going to go house to house now. You ready? So right after, we've got a group of people going to be um, manning the station back here, answer all your great questions. Anything you got, throw it at them, and we'll figure it out. All right? Bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week.